So friends, we've come to that part of the service when we consider the meaning of the birth of Jesus Christ. And we've been getting ready for this day, right? We've been getting ready for a month, maybe longer. Some of you started listening to Christmas music in October, I know. I know. Uh, and I love you anyway. So we've been shopping, we've been baking and wrapping presents and going to parties, and that's all good, right? It's all good, and I love all those things. Um, and yet, there's something more. I think we come with a sense tonight of anticipation because we say to ourselves, okay, all that's good, but there's something more. That's not all there is to it. I need to come and sit in awe and wonder at the miracle of Christmas. It's an extraordinary thing when you think about it that 2,000 years ago in the backwaters of the Roman Empire, uh, a simple carpenter engaged to a, a teenage girl. Uh, together they had a baby and she, uh, she gave birth in a stable for animals, and that's why we're here tonight. That's, that's why we're here. Uh, so we read the story, and Pastor Matt read for us from the Gospel of Luke, and, and we also read from Matthew, and, and those are the stories with the, the angels and the wise men and the shepherds. But there's another Christmas story that I want to read to you from tonight, and I want us to consider, and this is from the Gospel of John. And John maybe doesn't get quite as much airtime at Christmas, but he's got his own Christmas story, and uh, it goes like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. May God add his blessing to the reading and interpretation of God's holy word. So friends, this is why Jesus matters, right? This is why Christmas matters. This is why we celebrate, because Jesus is the light of the world. And if you keep reading in that same gospel, you get to chapter 8, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So I want you to take a few moments with me tonight to consider what does it mean that Jesus is the light of the world? Well, consider that the world actually began not in light, but in darkness. Did you know that? The world began in darkness. The very beginning of the Bible lays out the story. Genesis 1 verse 2 says, The earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. In other words, in the beginning, there was just God and nothing else. Everything else was formlessness and darkness and God spoke into that darkness. God shouted, let there be light. And there was light. And the story says, and God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. And when you read the rest of the Bible through this lens of creation, and then think again about the creation story, you begin to see that this is not only God making daytime and, and God making the sun and the stars. This is also God speaking into the darkness of the world with God's own light. This just happens to be the first time that God did that. But over and over again through the story of salvation history, God is pushing back the darkness with his light. The tension between dark and light, we read about it in Scripture, right? But we don't have to necessarily even go to the Scripture. All we have to do is live as human beings in this world, and we are familiar with dark and light, are we not? 
So sometimes life is full of light, right? It's good, it's beautiful, it's joyous, it's easy, it's natural. And then other times, life is full of darkness and pain and suffering, and people we care about are hurting and struggling, and maybe we are hurting and struggling. And that's our reality, is light and dark, and we live with both. In the Bible, uh, the word darkness, the idea of darkness, is used primarily in two ways. And the first is the idea, the kind of evil that we do to one another as human beings. So darkness is evil in the Bible. But darkness is also this kind of uh, pain and suffering and despair and hopelessness that we sometimes experience that may or may not be the cause of another person, but is part of our human reality. And so the Bible deals with darkness in these two ways. So for example, the author of Proverbs says in chapter 4, verse 19, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. So this is this first sense of darkness, that darkness is wickedness, that darkness is the evil that human beings do to one another. And I don't need to tell you that that's a reality, right? Because all you have to do is turn on the news or open the newspaper or, or go to Google and search and all kinds of things come across our screen. And we see that ISIS is terrorizing people and parents are abusing their children and governments are stealing from their citizens, and there is evil in the world. That is a real part of our human existence. And yet, we know it's, it's not just out there in the world, is it? Because we, if we're honest, we look in the mirror, and we say, okay, yeah, there's also evil in my heart, because sometimes I hurt people I love, and I gossip, and I have resentment, and I withhold forgiveness from people who need it from me. And so this is the tension that we feel, that, that darkness is part of our lives also, that kind of evil is, is who we are. Now, the Bible also talks about this other kind of darkness, this idea of despair and hopelessness and pain and suffering. And this is the kind of darkness that settles in around you when you lose your job or when you lose your marriage or when someone you care about deeply is suffering or struggling or when someone you love dies. We think of that as darkness in our lives. Maybe you've heard of the Old Testament character of Job, and Job put it like this. He said, my face is red with weeping, and deep darkness is on my eyelids. We've all been there, right? We've all had those dark times in our lives when our hearts are broken, when our lives feel broken. The other day, I was meeting with a person in my office and I could tell something was wrong, and he began to tell me his story, and he said, Pastor, I'm walking through a really dark time in my life right now. We've all been there, haven't we? We've all experienced the darkness. We are familiar with the darkness. And friends, this is the good news. So is God. So is God. God is familiar with our darkness. And God's response to the darkness of this world is to push it back with his light, to continually shout into the world, let there be light. Over and over again, God is shouting, let there be light so that there would be light in places that used to be dark. And for centuries, the people of God have trusted in God to do that, to continue this work of creation and recreation, of sharing the light in the places it's needed. And so the psalmist, in this poetic way, says, It is you, O God, who light my lamp. The Lord my God lights up my darkness. For centuries, the people of God, by faith, have walked, trusting that this would be their reality 
that God would bring light in the midst of their darkness. By faith, the people have, of God have, have trusted in the midst of terrible circumstances. You know, we read about some of those in the Bible, but again, we don't have to necessarily go to the Bible to know this is true. We've experienced it in our lives, and we know that there is darkness and people we love are hurting, and we go to God and say, God, would you somehow take this pain that I'm experiencing and, and transform it into something good? God, bring light to push back the darkness. And this is the story of Christmas, my friends. The idea that God would bring light in the midst of darkness, the idea that God would bring joy and redemption in the midst of pain and of evil and of hopelessness. And it's not just an idea. It's not just a concept. This is the truth, friends, with a capital T. This is our reality, that on Christmas, the Word is made flesh. On Christmas, light is breaking into our lives and into our world. And the light that God sends comes with skin on. And the light has a name. And his name is Jesus. And do you know the name Jesus means God saves? Jesus is come to save us, to save the whole world and all who would receive this gift that comes on Christmas. Light comes wrapped up like a human baby. You ever thought about how much we use light at Christmas time? You ever think about that? We light candles, right? And we hang lights on the tree, and, and we hang lights on the house, and some people just go crazy. You have any neighbors who just go crazy? And you're like, yes, right on, man. Go, go. And your kids love, oh, Dad, can we go by the one house, the, the awesome house with all the crazy lights? You know, and every light it reminds us that Jesus is the light of the world. Listen again to what John said about Jesus coming to earth. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Friends, I want you to get a more powerful statement has never, ever been said than that. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And so when Jesus was an infant and King Herod tried to kill him, he could not extinguish that light. And not when the Pharisees tried to silence Jesus, and not when his own disciples denied him and deserted him, and not when he was arrested and beaten and put on trial, and not even when he was crucified. Because on the third day, he rose from the dead. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So friends, this is the invitation on Christmas. This is Jesus' invitation to you to come and follow. And so if you have never, ever responded yes to that invitation, I want to offer it to you again tonight to say you're invited to follow Jesus, to be his disciple, to say that today is the first day of the rest of your life as a follower of Jesus Christ. Or maybe you used to follow Jesus. And I know some of us, we, we go through these phases in life, right, where we wander away from God. You're invited to come back. And God is ready to welcome you with open arms. Jesus says, come and follow me. Come and follow. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That is the invitation from Jesus Christ. And that is the invitation on Christmas. That's why Jesus came on Christmas, to offer you a relationship 
with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If only you are willing to come and follow, because in him there is no darkness, and without him there is no light. You see, on Christmas, friends, God is saying, I'm with you. I am with you. And no matter what you've been through, I still love you. And no matter what you've done or failed to do, I can forgive you. If only you will come and receive it. God is saying as loudly and as plainly as he can that he wants to be your God and he wants you to be his child, his son or his daughter. You know, there's something that happens to us when we finally accept this invitation and we say, yes, okay, I have come to understand here but also here that this invitation that's in the scripture, yes, it's for the world and yes, Jesus died for the many, but he also died for me. You know, we have a name for that kind of revelation. We, we call it, I saw the light, right? So I saw the light, right? I, I realized that, that God's love is for me also. This is personal, that God takes this personally. God invites me to take it personally. And so it's about revelation. And, and Hank Williams wrote a song about it. You know that song, I Saw the Light? That's a good one. Uh, we should sing that in here sometime, Cord. What do you think, buddy? Yes, oh, I got a thumbs up from the back row. Okay. This is revelation, right? Revelation means revealing. God is revealing God's self to us so that we might experience more and more of who God is in Jesus Christ. And in God's own winsome and unexpected way, God reveals God's self to us as a baby. What a strange way to save the world, right? A baby. You know, this time of year, I, I can't help but think about my own babies. I, I have two of them, and they're not babies anymore. Um, they're now 8 and 11, actually. But my, Ella was my first, and, and she's now 11 years old. Um, and I remember when I held her in my arms for the first time, I had this incredible sense of awe and vulnerability. So uh, I had never known how much I could love another human being until I held my daughter in my arms for the first time. So this was 2006, and uh, this is newborn Ella, and I was a brand new dad, and I was figuring out how to be you know, a brand new dad and what that was like. Uh, so Ella was born, and a couple hours later, they took her to the nursery, to the room where they put you know, all the babies, and I went there to visit her in the nursery, and I learned later that actually would have been a great time to take a nap um, and then I discovered, you know, when you have kids, you don't sleep for a few years. <laughs> so, but I was too excited. You know, I was on fire. I was so uh, pleased with God and with my wife and this incredible blessing. This child who now sort of was entrusted to our care it was incredible to, to have this child in my life. And so I went to visit her in the nursery. And I looked, you know, through that big picture window they have there in the hospital. And I looked in. And you know what I saw in the nursery? Lots and lots of naked babies, <laughs> row after row of naked babies. And I was like, okay, I, I'm not an expert at this, but shouldn't, shouldn't the babies have clothes on, you know? They had diapers, so that was good, but, but that was it. They were just naked babies all over the place. And so I went in the room, and I walked over to my daughter, Ella's bassinet, and I said, let me see what's going on here, you know? And I laid my hand on her belly, and it was warm. It was warm. And I was like, well, how, how is that happening? What's going on? So I sort of looked around and investigated, and there was this light right above her, and it was, it was shining down on her, and, and she was staying warm because of the light. She was like a little baby cheeseburger, just staying warm <laughs> under the warming light. 
And I realized that you know, the, the light was keeping her warmer than, than clothes or, or blankets could. And, and in fact, there were some babies there who were desperate for that light because their body temperature was too low. And so in order to bring them their body temperature up to a healthy level, they had to be under this special light. This light was literally saving their lives. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the light of salvation, my friends. And when we were in darkness, he has come to bring us his saving light. And so on Christmas, we celebrate. We celebrate God's love for us, that God has called forth light out of darkness, that God has said to us, don't give up hope because I have a better tomorrow for you and a future filled with hope because darkness will not have the final word. And so no matter what it is that you're facing in your life, I will carry you through it and I will shine light into your darkness. This is the gift that we receive on Christmas But it's not just a gift for us, is it? It's not just a gift for me and for you and for Timberlake. This is a gift for the whole world. The Bible says pretty clearly, for God so loved the whole world that he gave his only son. And so if you walk out of this service tonight and and you say to me or someone else, wow, that, that was a nice, sweet service, and I'm so glad I came, and then nothing else changes, friends, then I have failed you. I have failed you because on Christmas, we not only receive a gift, we also receive a calling. Did you know that? Christmas is a mission. This is God's mission to save the world through Jesus Christ, the Son, the incarnation, God in the flesh. And then Jesus has the audacity to come along and say, y'all come and help. Y'all are part of this. I'm going to use the church. I'm going to use the people of God to spread this good news that Jesus is the light of the world. You see, Jesus, he started out as a baby, right? And our baby's so cute and amazing. But Jesus grew up, and he became a man, and he went into ministry, and he did this incredible thing. He said, I'm the light of the world. And then he turned to his followers, and then you know, you know what he told them? You are the light of the world. Isn't that amazing? He said, I'm the light of the world. And I said, now you are the light of the world. And look at Matthew chapter 5. He said, a city on a hill cannot be hid. Therefore, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory, not to us, but to our Father who is in heaven. You see how this works, friends? Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And if he is living in you, that means you are the light of the world. You see, the birth of Christ isn't just a historical reality. It is a present reality. This is not just an event from way, way ago. This is happening right now. Jesus is being born. And I don't need to tell you that the world is in desperate need of the light of Christ, right? I mean, all around we look and we see darkness. We see people who are hurting. We see people who are struggling. People we love and care about, they suffer. They need the light of Christ. And we can share it with them because we have received it. And the Bible's pretty clear. To whom much is given, much is expected. You knew that, right? To whom much is given, much is expected. And so this is our call and this is our mission to be the light to the world, especially during this time of year. 
You know, late December when the days are short and the nights are long and it's cold, this is a hard time of year for some people. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands and and say that it's you, but maybe it is you or maybe it's someone that you know. And and we know that depression is really hard for some people this time of year. We know the suicide rate goes up, you know, late December and and in January. And we know that people who are, are missing their loved ones, Christmas is a hard time for them, right? Friends, people need the light of Christ and you can share it with them. You and I are called to push back the darkness, This is what God is doing in the world, and this is what God is asking us to partner with him to do, is to push back the darkness, to push back the darkness of poverty, to push back the darkness of injustice, to push back the darkness of violence, to push back the darkness of depression and of hunger and of injustice and of fear. Friends, you and I are called to push back the darkness. 1 John in the New Testament says, whoever loves a brother or sister lives in the light. You see, when we love our neighbors, we are living in the light of Christ. We are shining the light of Christ into their lives. And all it takes is willingness. All it takes is willingness to say to God, God, here I am, please use me. Friends, there's not a lot of guarantees in life, but I will guarantee you this. If you go home tonight and say, God, would you please show me the dark places where your light is needed? I guarantee you God will show you those dark places. And God will take you to those dark places. So, you know, sometimes be careful what you ask for, right? Because God will take you to those places where the love of Christ and the light of Christ is needed. And so tonight... We're going to do something a little different, maybe a little, something a little bold. We are going to take up an offering in a few minutes, and we are going to give away 100% of what you give tonight to the people of Puerto Rico. There's a little town just west of San Juan called Levittown, and the people there have had incredible hardship because of Hurricane Maria and the devastation that came to their island uh, over the past few months. And so we've reached out to them and they to us, and we've said, you know what? We could make a difference. We could help you all have the things that you need to live and to do the ministry of Christ in that place. And so we are going to give away our offering tonight. Now, what about next year? You say, well, we don't know yet. We'll figure that out. But for tonight, for this year, we are going to give away this offering to people who are in need. But that's just one way to push back the darkness, right? There's lots and lots of ways. There are countless ways to push back the darkness in this world. And so earlier this month, for example, we delivered gifts to the children in this community. 364 children received gifts because of the generosity of this church called Timberlake, Uh, children who otherwise may not have received any gifts at all. And we call it Christmas Blessings, uh, because we're blessing other people. But you know what I've learned is it's as much a blessing to me to be able to give the gift as it is to the children who could receive it. And we are blessed in this way. And, and in this way, we're pushing back the darkness. Several times a month at Timberlake, we are feeding our hungry neighbors at, at our filling station. And for some families, this food is the difference between going to bed hungry or having enough to eat and having enough to feed their children. For those who come, you know, we can't feed everyone, but for those who come, we're pushing back the darkness. For a little over a year, we've been working at the home of Morris and Linda Wesley. Uh, Morris Wesley, who's there in the center of the picture in the blue t-shirt, they live in Lumberton, North Carolina. And if you remember, a year ago in the fall, Hurricane Matthew came up the East Coast and dropped a ton of water 
to the point where it just practically destroyed homes and lives in a place like Lumberton, North Carolina. And so we've sent uh, supplies, and we sent furniture, and we sent money, and we sent work teams. And last month, Morris and his wife, Linda, got back into their house for the first time after having to be out because of that flooding. Friends, for that family, we are pushing back the darkness. And this is our call, and this is our invitation. And every morning when you and I wake up, we have to make a decision. Are we going to live in the darkness and push back the light, or are we going to push back the darkness and live in the light? Friends, this is our call, and this is our invitation. And I want to acknowledge that some of us in this room tonight are struggling, and we are suffering, and we are wondering how we're even going to make it to tomorrow. Friends, don't give up hope because God is coming into the world through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Let God's people say amen.